1: Today on the Zabecast, Andy Poland had a brush with death on his bicycle. He's okay, and he joins me to tell us what saved his life and whether it's changed his outlook. Redskin season could be DOA. Is there any room for positivity? All that plus the king of marriage is still the king of divorce. Your bonus 40 minutes of gloriously uncensored me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. (laughs) here we go. Wednesday, August 21st, 2019, thank you for downloading. Man, what an afternoon of thunderstorms we got in the DMV on Tuesday afternoon. It was like there was no front, there was no cold front that triggered these storms. It was just the whole area is so hot, so humid, so charged, so full of energy, as the weather people like to say, that these thunderstorms, these blobs of red on the radar just bubbled up like lava all throughout the region. No rhyme or reason. Some serious-ass lightning strikes and storm and hail. This is, again, what we signed up for by living in this area in August. Fall will come, not soon enough, but it will come eventually. So this is what we've been left at in terms of reporting in the NFL. After Kenny Stills rips Jay-Z, Dolphins coach Brian Flores plays eight straight Jay-Z songs at practice. Frank Schwab reporting, Yahoo Sports. New coach Brian Flores chooses the music at Dolphins practice, and on any other day, that information is of no use to almost anyone. Still none of you, no use to anybody. On Tuesday, it was very relevant. Sort of. Monday Dolphins wideout Kenny Stills was critical of Jay Z for entering a partnership with the NFL. Stills is not the first player to criticize Jay Z. He also, this summer, said that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross's support of President Donald Trump doesn't align with his Rise nonprofit initiative for equality. So, what did Flores do at practice after Stills ripped Jay Z? He played eight straight Jay Z songs to start practice. <gasps> oh my God! When it happened, beat reporters in South Florida were unclear of the intent. Was it a joke? Well, maybe, but team spokesman said that Stills knew beforehand what was coming. So if it was a joke, that would kind of ruin the joke just a bit. And you'd assume the joke would stop being funny after, oh, five, six, seven songs. Barry Jackson reporting for the Miami Herald said it was clear from talking to team officials that Flores was not trying to disrespect Stills. But maybe it was done as a motivational tactic. Regardless, the Dolphins got a he- heavy dose of Jay Z at practice. And if you're curious about the exact playlist, oh my God, I am. Please, please, please. Cameron Wolf of ESPN gave the details. Playlist to start Dolphins practice. One, show me what you got by Jay Z. Two, Brooklyn, we go hard by Jay Z. Three, because in Paris, by Jay and Kanye West. Four. Run this town by Jay and Rihanna. All in a row. Would be an incredible coincidence after Kenny Stills' comments about Jay yesterday. Uh, where's the last three? Oh wait, on to the next one by Jay Z. Five. Six, no church in the wild by Jay and Kanye. Six. And then ninety-nine problems. Cameron Wolf tweets: this is either some big-time trolling or the DJ is the biggest. Jay-Z fan ever. (laughs) The regular season cannot possibly start fast enough. Hey, remember when I used to work for a little outfit called Yahoo Sports Radio? Oh, yeah, I do. Technically, it was still the remnants of the old sporting news radio network, which then became Yahoo Sports under a branding agreement. So it was an independent sports radio network that was based in Arizona. Then it got moved to Texas, Houston, Gal Broadcasting, and then they rebranded as Yahoo Sports. There were some synergies there, but it's not like Yahoo owned us. But anyway, at the time, the CEO of Yahoo was one Marissa Mayer. Wisconsin grad, very attractive, I guess very smart woman. She got to those ranks as CEO, so she can't be dumb. But Marissa Mayer made one of the most blunderous acquisitions in the history of the dot-com age, paying $1.1 billion for Tumblr in 2013. $1.1 billion for a website, Tumblr, that nobody really understood. What, what is this? Who Who uses this? In the age of Twitter and I think Instagram in 2013, although I'd have to check the timeline, Nobody really understood the deal. Well, Tumblr was bought a few days ago, or was sold one more time, and bought, for allegedly just $3 million. So it goes from $1,100 $1, in 2013, Marissa Mayer's going, yep, we want it. I'm the CEO, let's buy that thing. And uh, it got sold now six years later for $3 million. Talk about a write-down, baby. And, of course, Tumblr didn't help their cause by banning adult content, so you had all these uh, unique communities, so to speak, that liked certain content that, that people were curating and blogging about, such as left-handed naked discus throwers, you know, blog site on Tumblr. Ooh, look at that. There's a, there's a Latvian girl with big muscles, and she's posing naked on a beach. Are there any more of these photos? Why, well, yes. Tumblr has them all collected. Here's other blogs that have that kind of thing. When they banned that, they lost, oh, I don't know, their whole reason to exist, Tumblr. And there's really not a similar site that does that kind of thing well. I know, I've checked. So has Lamar Odom, who, by the way, has said he is giving up porn as part of his rehab. Good luck on that. My poll question of the day... On 97.3, the game on Tuesday was, if you had to give up one, what would you give up? Porn? This is as a guy. I'm speaking as a guy, two guys. Porn, alcohol, or the NFL? It was a pretty close poll, all things considered. Let me look at the final tally here on a Tuesday night. Uh, Porn was the winner, 41%. NFL was second at 32, and alcohol was third at 27%. All three would be uh, for a lot of guys. And some will say, well, I've already given up the NFL because of the anthem thing and because of these stupid replays and the rules. Yeah, yeah, you haven't given up the NFL. I know you're watching. You're, you're catching a peek every now and then. Alcohol, some people don't drink. I grant you that. That's fine. Porn? Okay, 41% of you say you could give it up. Right. Anyhow, Marissa Mayer, her net worth, according to the internet, is $620 million. She golden parachuted out of Yahoo when they finally ran her out with a ton of gold bullion in her bank account. And I'm sure she's at some other startup now or some other company like, yep, I'm great. You would think that this would leave the John Skippers of the world at ESPN, the Marissa Mayers, untouchable, unemployable at any high level. Because they'd say, your your judgment's not good. You lost a billion dollars buying a piece of junk website. What were you thinking? But I guess in the corporate world, it's couched in terms of, well, you know, the board was uh, behind this decision. They trusted me and it was a good strategic move. It just didn't work out. And besides, it's, Not so much the company's money, it's the shareholder's money, and while they're the suckers that get hit with the bill when their portfolios take a hit. I know, it sounds like I'm incredibly naive, like this is my first brush with corporate hijinks and capitalism at the highest of levels. Zabe, I thought you were 51. Where have you been all this time? You don't understand that this is how it works? I know. I know. I'm not bitter. I should have figured out a way to become the next Marissa Mayer there, or the John Skipper of the world, and then that'd be great. Love to fail miserably and still make millions upon millions of dollars. All right. Let's see what Andy's up to. I'm just glad he's going to answer this phone for me right now. Hello. My brother... Thank God I hear your stupid voice on the other end of this phone. Scared the shit out of me when I saw that on Twitter on Monday morning. How you feeling?
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, uh, Carol tweeted out that picture of me. And uh, yes, hide the women and children uh, for that photo, that's for sure.
1: All right, so you were out riding your bike on Sunday. Tell me what Saturday. happened. Saturday.
2: Yeah, it was Saturday I was out with uh, my friend Barry and we were going uh, we went a little further than we usually do but we were headed back towards a familiar route and a place where we would usually rest and
1: hold on you know, drink where, water. where 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 where
2: okay well this was we we rode out towards Poolsville and we were coming back. We were right near Shady Grove Air Park, which is a place where people fly model airplanes. They have a couple of benches there, so we like to usually sit there and you know watch the planes for a while. And are you water and...
1: are you on a bike trail?
2: Not at this point, but okay. it's a side street. It's not a heavily trafficked area. You will and, sometimes uh, bike
1: down on the the CNO Canal has a bike trail. Montgomery County has some bike trails.
2: Oh, yeah, there are bike trails. I usually, if I ride by myself, I often ride to Georgetown. So I'll take um, the Crescent Trail from downtown Bethesda, which takes you right into Georgetown. Uh, that's a good trail, and there's a couple others that lead to it, like the Bethesda Trolley Trail. And uh, this, you know, this time I was riding with my friend, Barry, who's uh, similar age, similar shape, and we, we've ridden many times, and now I'm back to having weekends off, so we've kind of resumed in the last month or so. And uh, we were going through an area where we've been through many times, but there had been some recent construction, and there was some gravel in the road. And he went through it, and he was fine, and I was right behind him. And I don't know what happened, because it must have happened in a split second. The wheels went out from under me, and I went on my right side. Fortunately, I was wearing a helmet because if I wasn't, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. And the helmet took the impact, but my face took the slide. Oh. Yeah. And I was knocked cold for probably, he said, 30 seconds, maybe a minute. Uh, I got up. I came to. I was talking to him. And at that point, the bike was damaged, the handlebars, and somebody happened to be driving by who happened to have a bike rack. And he stopped, and he got out, and he began talking to us, and he started to realize that I probably had a concussion. And so he put the bikes on his rack, and he drove us to Shady Grove Hospital, and I went in there. Now, I don't have any memory of this guy picking us up. I don't have any memory of getting to Shady Grove Hospital uh, I don't have any memory of getting out of my clothes and into a gown. Apparently, I was given a CAT scan because they were concerned that I had bleeding on the brain, which unfortunately mm. I did not. Did not. Um, and uh, at, at, at some point, I finally began to get it together, and my daughter and my wife were there at that point. And i have been talking to them for a while and not making sense. And one of the things I said was, what am I doing here? I'm supposed to be working with Tom. And I did realize it was Saturday, but I guess I hadn't realized that I left my previous job of working weekends at WJFK uh, over a month before. And so they, you know, got to question me. They asked me who the president of the United States was. I didn't know. They asked me who the starting quarterback. of <laughs> the way,
1: was- did they tell you Donald Trump? And did you say, holy fucking shit, how'd that happen?
2: No, but uh, but I did, I did I did say I'm not working with Tom anymore. They no, you're not. I said, and they said you're working at another station. I w- I said what station is that? They said six thirty. I said that's a sports station. And oh they my said, god! And wow. They said, yes, and they said you're working with Carol, meaning Carol Maloney. And I said really? How's that going? <laughs>
1: Well, it just started, but it's going well. So in other words, do you remember not remembering these things?
2: No, they they filled me in on this. Okay. And then I sort of remember the transition to, oh yeah, now I know what's going on and uh, now I know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They and, you know, uh, did
1: did anyone have the presence of mind to video you doing this? No. No, oh.
2: no. Do you wish they Uh, had that?
1: Would you have liked that or not? Or would that just freak you out and you're like, no, I don't want to see that?
2: Yeah, I wouldn't want that to be uh, used against me. But I I did come to. Now, the crazy thing is, uh, I have not had a single headache. I don't have any sensitivity to light. I don't have any nausea. So a lot of the symptoms of concussion, I don't have, but I'm told that it was a serious concussion, that they were very, very concerned about that. And they did admit me, to the hospital. That's the first night I spent in the hospital since I was born. And they check my vital signs every four hours.
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. 61 years on this earth. It's your second trip to the hospital. Trip one was when you came tumbling out of mama. Trip two Uh was when you slipped on some gravel on a bike at 61 years old. Well,
2: second night I, I was, Spent overnight. I been in right. the hospital emergency room. Okay. I broke my wrist one time. Okay. Okay. I don't know that. Second night, I thought I had. Second like
1: that. night, you have spent in a gown yourself overnight at the hospital. Got it. Correct. Okay. Yeah.
2: That's and, a, by the way, that's
1: amazing, Andy. That that yeah, you've gone yeah. that well, long. First
2: time I had stitches too. First uh, stitches I ever took work <laughs> at the
1: hospital. <laughs> yeah. All right. So well, I got I got questions. Let me just start go back a little bit here. It uh, was I, just a patch of gravel. Yeah. And it just was like ice. It slipped your tires out from under you. You went down on your right side? Yeah. And it was on a roadway in which cars were whizzing past you?
2: No, they weren't whizzing past. It was a side street.
1: Okay, it was a side street, all right. Were you traveling at a high rate of speed? No. Did you see the gravel? Yeah. And your friend was able to get through it? Right. Have you had gravel like incidents before with the bike where you've gotten fishtailed and like, whoa?
2: Not really, but I probably should have had the presence of mind to say, oh, this doesn't look right. And
1: what's, probably should have. What's the last thing you remember before it all went blank?
2: Uh, that's it. I mean, I, I think I remember the patch of gravel, but but I do not remember hitting. I do not remember coming to. I do not remember being driven to the hospital. I asked my friend to give me the email address of the guy that drove us, and I thanked him, and he said, no problem. I'm always looking out for fellow bikers, and please get back on the bike as soon as you can. Uh, but other than that, I, I don't remember anything until I was sort of coming to in the hospital.
1: Did Was Barry in front of you? He was in front of you.
2: Yeah. yeah How yeah.
1: soon did he realize, oh, shit, my boy Andy's taking a tumble?
2: Well, he heard it. He, uh, he heard it and turned around. Oh my God! And went back. and uh, And he saw the construction cones, and he was going to put the cones around me. <laughs> when I guess I was knocked out there for a minute, you know, like uh, like I was a, a road hazard, you know, right Holy there. Holy shit! <laughs> and uh, and then. Uh, so again, you're, uh, you know, I broke a tooth.
1: Your you helmet. Know, than- your helmet. You hit your head on the side, so- like. Bike helmets always, to me, seemed weird and that they didn't seem like they offered enough protection. But obviously, they've done enough research that they know what yeah. they're doing, the bike makers. So that helmet protected the side of your head because it sounded like you went sideways down.
2: Correct. Yeah. I mean, this, the side of my head hit. There's a dent in the helmet. You can see it. And they tell you once you've had a, an accident to get a new helmet, which I'm going to do, uh, but the side of my face kind of dragged along the ground, oh, and that's where I got the cuts that needed the stitches and, and the gravel picked out of my face and
1: things oh, like that. Oh, Lord, Andy. What about the rest of your body, arms, legs, knees, wrists, fingers?
2: That, that's the other thing. I got, I got some scrapes on my hands, a couple of little scrapes on my knees, but no broken bones, no separated shoulder, nothing like that. God, I mean, I thank- just went down like a shot on my head and got knocked out.
1: Now when you say the helmet saved your life, is that your opinion or the doctor's opinion?
2: Uh well the, the nurses said it did, and I, I don't have any doubt because uh clearly it took the impact. I mean, my face is is cut up and it's it's scraped, but the the point of my head, the side of my head, if that would have hit concrete, I don't think I'd be here. I really yeah. don't.
1: Does it does it freak you out to think about this near death experience?
2: Um, no, not really. I mean, I'm 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 anxious to ride again. I mean, I don't know if I get on the what? bike. What? Yeah, I may get scared, but but uh, yeah, I'd like to get my bike fixed and I'd like to get rolling again. You're getting
1: back weeks. on that bike again, huh?
2: That's what they tell you. Remember that your dad said, if you get knocked down in the box, get back up and stand in there.
1: I think that's more metaphor. I'm not sure that's literal. Like, you know, maybe you shouldn't do that. That's incredible. So, so do you think when you do get back on the bike, you'll be you'll be a little bit uneasy?
2: I might, you know, and I'll I'll certainly be more aware of gravel. That's for sure. Um, And uh, yeah, I told you this once before when I was riding in the winter time. Uh, I went over what I thought was running water across the trail. Well, underneath that running water was ice, and a similar thing happened. The bike went out from under me, but I landed on my hip. Wow. And I thought I broke that. Fortunately, that was just a bruise, but I didn't land on my head like I did this time.
1: I, uh, how many, so if this was a near death experience, which maybe you don't mm-hmm. consider it that because you were wearing a helmet, and by the way, I think most serious bicyclists absolutely wear helmets. Like it's, if you
2: don't, you're, you're a fool.
1: You're a fool. You're an idiot. Yeah, you're an absolute yeah. idiot if you don't do that. Uh, some motorcycle riders don't like wearing helmets, and there's certain states that you don't have to wear one. I Well, I'm yeah. not sure if there are states or not. There's The level of helmets, some states require more robust helmets that cover your face. Others just require some kind of helmet. Mm-hmm. Bikers, all of them that I see, wear helmets.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I I would think that even if you wear a helmet, there are a number of motorcycle crashes where that won't save your life. Whereas a bicycle crash, generally a helmet will save your life.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I had one serious bicycle wreck in my life and that was in college at UC Santa Barbara, Harvard of the West, where I was coming back from the uh, campus gym to the dorm after playing floor hockey and my stick, which was laid across my handlebars, oh. <laughs> horizontally slipped out of my hands on a bump, and the blade of the stick dove down and got right into the spokes of the Ooh. front wheel. You can imagine what happened next. <laughs> yeah. Front wheel came to the an... Ab- oh, launched me right over the top. But oh. And of course, I was not wearing a helmet. Nobody wore helmets back in the 80s on the bike trails at UCSB. And um, it launched me over the top of the handlebars. And somehow, I landed like a cat or something. I wasn't hurt or scratched at all. Wow. And it was you just plain grass? lucky. I think maybe part grass, part bike path. I don't know. But here's the thing. Huh? At UCSB, everybody got around campus on bicycles. Because right. the weather was great right. all year round. And so, what better yeah. way? And there were bike paths that were two-lane You know, one lane each way, and you would whiz past people bicycling at you all the time. And I thought to myself, this is dangerous. All it takes is one person veering over, and you could get into a head-on collision that could fuck you up or kill you.
2: I know. I know. It's amazing. I I rode bikes as a kid, and I don't think helmets were invented. And we didn't think (laughs) anything of it.
1: They weren't invented. (laughs) (laughs) I think they were invented at some point, but I'm not sure when exactly. But they certainly well, weren't also, prevalent. They were not prevalent. Yeah. There's no question about that. And we as kids, I remember my brother and I and our neighborhood kids, not only we rode bikes sans helmets, but we would set up miniature evil Knievel jumps using plywood from the garage and yeah. logs from the fireplace stack outside our chimneys.
2: Insane. Yeah. Yeah, evil Knievel is uh, is a little bit behind me. Like, uh, I think I was probably in high school at the right. height of his fame. So, yeah, I, I missed on that, that. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, and I think, too, if you had worn a helmet at the time I was growing up, you would have been made fun of. People oh would have thought you were a big sissy.
1: Oh, <laughs> totally. Absolutely, yeah. 100%. So my near-death experiences are as follows. I count four in my life. One was at the Outer Banks in North Carolina one year when I went there with friends and there was some hysterical mom and dad on the beach going, oh, my God, our boy is out there. It was a red flag warning. Tide, the, the 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 sea was very high, very dangerous. We as young 22-year-olds go start swimming out there to try to get him. We realize he's way far out there. I keep swimming. My buddies Todd and Andy and Butch, they all turn around. I'm out there like, oh, well, I'm out here now. I was in the best shape of my life. I got out to the kid. He was incoherent foam was coming out of his mouth. He was bobbing up and down. He was confused. I was able to grab him from the underarm and just sort of drag him in to shore. And I eventually pushed him into a big breaking wave. At that point, the the beach patrol had arrived Andy and they were able to get into the high surf and drag him out. I though, I, I though get past the breakers and suddenly realize, I can't push through the final undertow of, I'd be pushed in by a wave, dragged back out. Pushed in, dragged back out, and I couldn't quite get over the hump until they dragged me out. And the beach patrol afterwards looked me in the eye and said, what you did was insane. Don't ever do that again. They yeah, said-
2: you, Did you save the kid? You, yes, did. You probably I did. saved that kid's life. Oh, well, yeah. you, you almost died a hero.
1: I, yeah. I know, but it was crazy because what they said is when people are drowning like that, they will grab onto you and they will not let go and they will drag you under. And I said, well, I was too young and too dumb. Didn't think about it. Also, once at UCSB, I almost rode my bike right out into cross traffic and almost right into a car. I stopped at the last second and I thought, holy shit, that was almost, the car wasn't going 60, but it was going 30. And I'm saying without a helmet, that could have been curtains. On my 21st birthday, I woke up having blown like a .23 in the hospital, smashed my face up. My friends had all left me, so that could have been one. And then in Hawaii, I went scuba diving off the coast where it was with my buddy from college and a guy I didn't know on a very difficult technical descent off of the crashing rocks near the blowhole on Kaneohe's side. And it was crazy. There was 20 feet of bubbles below the surface, Andy, because the, the tide was that powerful. So you couldn't mm-hmm. see anything for 20 feet. And they said, okay, we're going to go down first. You join us, and then we'll meet up at the bottom. I'm getting thrashed around. I have got. I just got certified as a scuba diver. I don't know what I'm doing. I end up getting to the bottom because my, my uh, regulator, which is the vest that inflates and deflates so you can sink once you're in the water, It it wasn't working right. I wasn't used to it. This was equipment I had rented. I'm like, what's going on? By the time I got through the bubble zone, disoriented, I could barely see because I had lost a contact lens, which I was wearing at the time, in all the hubbub, and I was lucky to reunite with the guys at the bottom, and then we worked our way around to the exit. That was crazy fucking stupid. I could have died there. That's four times I can count. Any other near-death experiences you've had?
2: (laughs) No, I don't have anything like that, so this is number one. And I guess the closest was... At my swimming pool every year, the North Chevy Chase pool on Labor Day, they would have the greased watermelon contest. And they would <laughs> throw a greased watermelon in the pool, and whichever kid was able to grab out would be able to get get the watermelon. So there must have been you know forty kids jumping in trying to get the watermelon, and somehow I got underneath the whole scrum of people going for the watermelon and and I almost passed out underwater. Like, you know, I don't know if I would have drowned. Maybe somebody would have found me, but (laughs) the the grease watermelon, I guess is the closest to this near death experience. So in this case, you know, this is why you wear a helmet. I never considered not wearing a helmet when I went bike riding.
1: Yeah. Well, thank God you're here. Uh, uh, and your face, your pretty face, your moneymaker, as I call it, (laughs) will heal, right?
2: Oh, yeah. I no mean, I, no I plastic surgery needed. Week.
1: Okay, some stitches out. Your tooth is going to get fixed at some point?
2: Yeah, they'll put a crown on it. I went to see the dentist yesterday, and okay. uh, that looks like that's going to be fine. And so, no no concussion
1: yeah. symptoms yet. Let's hope they don't no. show up. CAT scan no. was clear. No brain bleed, right. no nothing.
2: Right, right, right. So, all good.
1: Sell that fucking bike. <laughs>
2: You know, well, your your story about going out in traffic, that's why you go so crazy when I would walk out on Rockville Pike. Now I understand that.
1: That's the way I thought you'd die, to be honest with you. (laughs) I didn't think you'd die on your bicycle. I thought you'd die slow walking across Rockville Pike or that you would pick a fight one too many times with somebody at a bank over filling out their (laughs) deposit slip and it would go south. (laughs)
2: That guy, I was careful about picking fights. That guy was older than me, and I could have kicked his ass, but would it come to that?
1: Speaking of fights, have you seen the Bagel Boss versus Lenny Dykstra fight and the ramp-up to that nonsense?
2: Is that still a go, and is that pay-per-view?
1: It's supposedly a go. I don't know where you're going to be able to watch it, but they're they're starting in on, on social media against each other. Dykstra said he's got a one-inch dick. bagel boss and bagel boss has been told by the uh business the bagel boss where he first gained viral fame don't call yourself bagel boss we will sue you we want nothing to do with you asshole
2: i can imagine Yeah, lenny dykstra has had multiple bites of the fame apple you know one time he was a legit all-star baseball player sure and then he had and then, then there was the period of time, I remember we were talking about this on the show one time, that he seemed to have this unbelievable ability to pick socks. Remember when he was thought to be like oh, a yeah. stocks genius? Yeah. And, and, and then he turned out to be, you know, scum of the earth, dirtbag, and he went to jail. And now he's sort of come back as this slime ball. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a remarkable history for this guy.
1: When, when he was supposedly this savant, He had this image, this cultivated image, and of course he had the blessing of Jim Kramer. And Kramer was like, I'm telling you, this guy Lenny, he's good. I know he's a ball player, but he's got a real thing for this. I don't know if Kramer himself was fooled or he was in on helping out a buddy from Jersey get over, but that Bernie Goldberg real sports piece was devastating, saying this guy is a fucking fraud.
2: Yeah, I always thought he was an imbecile when he played for the Mets, and I may have told you this story, but uh, he, you know, Howie Rose, before he became the Mets play-by-play guy, was the pre and the post-game show host, and so he would get to know these players, and you know, and he'd have them on the show, and even though these guys even then were making a lot of money, uh, they would ask to come on the show because Howie would give them a free watch when they'd come on, right. and Lenny was one of them. But uh, when WFAN, which was on 1050, uh, when it started, it was bought about a year in uh, by MS Broadcasting, and they flipped the format over to 66, where it is now, Sports Radio 66. So about three months later, after the format flip, Lenny Dykstra goes up to Howie Rose, still playing for the Mets, Dykstra was, and he goes, hey, Howie, what the hell's the matter with your station? Every time I turn it on, they're playing this damn Mexican music. <laughs>
1: Way to be aware of things, Lenny. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> All right. uh, let's talk Redskins real quick. Um, we got preseason game number three, the dress rehearsal, so-called, coming up on Thursday. And as of this taping on Tuesday night, Darius Geis' is maybe possibly kind of possible little bit kind of thing, this is very disappointing <laughs> for many Redskin fans because, yes, he had a serious knee injury last August, but it shouldn't have been a full one-year deal and now here we are, he still can't go. This on top of the Colt thing, on top of the Trent thing, on top of the fact that Doxon's not getting any traction in year four, on top of the fact that Haskins has been okay, but he's not really pushing to take the starter's job. I would say, Andy, this has been an extremely disappointing August for Redskin fans, even though we've had low expectations.
2: Yeah, I mean, the defenses look good. Um, I think Haskins has shown... Flashes, So I don't think this is going to be a bust pick, but he is going to go through growing pains no matter when he plays. As for guys, I just wonder if this is overcautiousness on the part of Jay Gruden, who has done that throughout his run with the Redskins. I mean, he's been really reluctant to play guys the preseason. And maybe he just feels like, you know, this is a running back. I can get him a few carries in the last preseason game and he'll be ready to go. If I put him out there now and he gets hurt in this preseason game, I've lost him for good. I, I got no I got no use for it because right. he could go out for another year. So maybe he's just being overly cautious here. I don't know. Also, I think he's concerned about the offensive line. I mean, I think the Trent Williams thing is, is sure. a major – Issue, uh, and I, I think he wants to, you know, make sure at least he makes them to the regular season. If he gets to the regular season, gets hurt, then okay. But this is a guy who was really hyped last year. I mean, I remember back even before like mini camp, like during the the OTAs. Oh, this guy's what a steal they got. Oh, what a great running back. And then he gets hurt in the first preseason game, and it, you know, it's been uh, kind of a non-issue since then.
1: Yeah, I I, uh, I want to have a season. I just don't see it. Uh, someone said to me today on my show, they said, we won seven games last year with a guy named Josh Johnson. Come on. And I said, Yeah. five of those wins were with Alex Smith. And all of those wins were with Trent Williams. You are looking at maybe the worst quarterbacking we've had since what? Tim Hasselbeck, Ooh. Shane Matthews. I used to have a chart of all the guys who played. I don't know about, if I can find that. But
2: Beck and Grossman? Are, are they, were they a better duo than what they have now?
1: Yes, because Grossman went to a Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, with a great defense.
1: Cool. But okay. And Keenum's been to an NFC title game, so at least there's that. But, yeah. But, yeah. you know, they're both kind of journeymen, you know, and, and to do it without a left tackle, that, you know, we haven't lived like a lot of teams who don't have a decent left tackle in a long time because Samuels was there before Trent. Right. There is few worse fates in, in, in football than to be a fan of a team that can't block the blind side. It's just hell yeah. every fucking yeah. week.
2: Not only that, he, he's he's an extraordinary athlete. I mean, that's, that's the thing about him. And uh, he does a lot of pulling. I mean, there was a play last year where he picked up a fumble and he ran with it like he yeah. was a top-notch running back. I mean. He, he's got some sick athletic skills. And, uh, you know, of course, he's missed a lot of time. You know, he I hasn't know. played a full season since 2013. And when he's been out, they've done okay without him.
1: But only because so, they had the mountain, Ty Seki, who they let go to Buffalo for reasons I don't understand.
2: Yeah, well, maybe they thought the investment in Jerron Christian, they needed to see what they had there. And they felt like, you know, that was kind of retarding his development. I don't know. But, yeah, it does seem like that was a mistake to let him go.
1: All right, so do you want to see anybody in the dress rehearsal game? And do you care if they name a starter for week one now or later? Jay said there's no rush. I think the answer is obvious. It has to be Keenum. You don't have any other choice.
2: Well, it it has to be Keenum, and I think if it is Haskins, you know that decision didn't come from Jay. That's a decision from upstairs. And I think given that they're starting on the road – that maybe they would want to start Keenum, but it would be interesting to see if you know he throws three picks. Whether Haskins starts the Dallas game at home to open the wow. season? Wow! Yeah. Imagine
1: that. Yeah, yep. we should have some 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 friendly wagers on over unders. Like, when does Haskins first play? How many quarterbacks actually suit up for the team this year? I I'm fearing it's another another four quarterback year for this team.
2: Uh oh, boy, four. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I wish it yeah. wasn't the case, but I could see it. I could see injuries yeah. for sure. I mean, Colt, Colt will play this year. I'm gonna—that's a lock—and he will get injured because oh, that's course. what he does. Yeah. So yeah, um,
2: yeah. I mean, what, whether he starts the opener or whether he plays week three or four, whenever he gets in there, he's going to get hurt. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, now this thing with the with the injury to his leg and the three surgeries is this something you blame on the training staff? Did they do the surgeries, or is it the outside doctor who, who botched it? And if, if, in fact, he was rushed back, which even Jay Gruden admits was the case, uh, I, I'm sure they did it with Colt's consent, and, and, and was he negligent in not looking out for his own health?
1: Yeah, I think it's, I a, it's, you're, it's a great question. All I know is that the anecdotal evidence is piling up because the Colt thing got botched, Trent says he was mistreated. Sua Craven said he had problems with the team's trainers. Other players have hinted at that. I mean, there's a lot of smoke right now. It's billowing, the smoke. But you're right. The patient always has a huge hand and the final say in his own health and has to make his own decisions. And I wouldn't be surprised if Colt McCoy said, ah, it's a broken leg. Tape it up. Give me some Advil. I want to be ready to play because that's Colt. Yeah,
2: see – I remember the night he got hurt and seeing him after the game, he wasn't even on crutches. He had a boot on that leg.
1: So he, he played a series after yeah. breaking that bone in his ankle.
2: Yeah, so it seemed like a minor break. Now it appears the surgeries were botched. You also had, and I don't know if this is anybody's fault, even the doctor that did it, but Alex Smith almost lost his leg.
1: To infection. You know?
2: Yeah, but okay, I know. and maybe that's a, a routine thing and this kind of a break. But you know, it, could that have been prevented with with better surgery? I don't know.
1: I don't know. Well, we'll see. Dress rehearsal game, and then I guess when do we get on record? You and I, Andy, is the final record after the fourth preseason game, or do we jump the gun after the third?
2: Well, you have to see who's who's still standing after okay. the. Uh, after, I mean, after really this game, because the fourth preseason game nobody plays. Right. I mean, but this is that's another interesting thing. Didn't they they have a fourth quarterback that they signed? Because the other fourth quarterback from Liberty got hurt. Yeah. Okay, given that that Colt is hurt, and given the investment in Haskins and the need to play Keenum in the opener. Whoever that fourth quarterback on the roster is right now, he's probably going to play that last game against Baltimore. The whole game.
1: Oh, uh, you know what? And that's fine. I would have him play all of the second half on Thursday too. I would not. I would get some Jabron to soak up all these preseason reps. And if I was a coach, I'd play a normal game for a half, and then I'd hand off, hand off, hand off, hand off, hand off, literally every play
2: yeah.
1: in the second half. You know,
2: half. Who, who, su- who surprised me as, as somebody who said you got to have four preseason games is Trevor Manich. He was in the studio with Carol and I last Friday and you know, he played a long time in the league. Granted a lot of that is a long snapper, but he was an offensive lineman uh, for various teams part of his career and he said you need those four games to get ready. You you gotta find out. I don't know.
1: But it's just the way the league does it. Nobody's playing four games anymore. I I I heard an idea from a man Getter who I think had a good good idea. He said instead of four preseason games, go to two but then keep the rosters expanded to like 75 through the first month of the season. So you can carry guys on the team and have them available. And then you'll figure out after the first month, who do you really want? And you jettison the rest.
2: Yeah. Well, the owners are fighting that. They, they really don't want that. Just they don't want
1: it costs money, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, then you got pensions that you have to pay to these guys and, insurance and everything else. Yeah. I mean, no, nobody wants a bloated payroll. That's that's in any yeah. business
1: these days. All right. One last story. This is right up your alley, Andy. The king of marriage is still the king of divorce. Larry King has filed for divorce from his wife of no. 22 years. That would no. be the lovely Sean Southwick. The 85 <laughs> year old King filed the papers on Tuesday Ms. Southwick is 59, but still looks fantastic. The couple yeah, has two uh, sons, ages 19 and 20. Oh, what? I can't believe it. What? Why, how? like, I he's 85. Why, yeah?
2: Well, I mean, I guess it's one of those things when you've done it before, maybe it doesn't seem like <laughs> that big of a deal, but you know this so. this one the, the two sons he, he says are ball players, like they're they're real athletes. Um, the, her brother was a quarterback at BYU huh and uh, and, and I think there was a false start a, a few years ago. like they they almost got divorced, I'm gonna say within the last ten years. So whatever brought them back together was temporary. That's a
1: shame. That's a shame. Larry King's, uh, hey ladies, Larry King, rich on the market, but he's 85. Yeah. Just so you know. Yeah. Andy, God bless you. I'm so happy you're okay. Be careful out there. It's been great to talk to you. We'll see you next week.
2: Very good. I I got one quickie for you. I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Antonio Brown, the reason that he fired the chef in Orlando, did you see this?
1: Fish head in the freezer. That the chef said <laughs> yeah. he was going to make soup out of, and Antonio Brown took it as some kind of mafioso sign of disrespect. Yeah. Moral. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. See you. Phone's up, yeah. ringing. Talk to you later, Andy. Bye. Hey. <laughs> Let's end on this. I suggested hanging this guy when he committed the crime hanging him from a limb of the tree that he had killed, one of the two trees that he had sentenced to death. Now, that's just me being a tree lover, and I was just described as being insane for saying so. But Harvey Updike, the famous Alabama fan who called into the Paul Feinbaum show to confess his crime after Auburn had defeated his precious Alabama Crimson Tide in 2010, that was the Cam Newton year, and he said, yep, I poisoned them tumor oaks. They're going to die. I felt I had to do it. Harvey Updike, who did serve six months in jail, which is a pretty stiff sentence for you know, a crime against a tree or two trees, he served six months in prison, was ordered to pay back approximately $800,000 in restitution to the University of Auburn, or Auburn University, I should say, for the treatment because they tried to save the Tumors Oaks Desperately they couldn't, and then they had to replace him. Big bill, labor, machinery, new trees, eight hundred grand. Well, guess what? Harvey Updike has not been paying. He's paid just five thousand of the eight hundred thousand that he owes, and he has been skipping payments recently as well. Get this quote. Lee County District Attorney Brandon Hughes said, quote, Harvey Updike has never left my radar. We've been keeping an eye on his payments or more specifically his non-payment and he has made exactly two payments for a total of $200 in the past year. Because of that, we've been looking for him for close to a year and we finally found him. <laughs> Man, they uh, I love the seriousness down there. Like, well, that son of a bitch hasn't left our radar since the day we convicted him case you were wondering, it would take about 4,000 years to pay off 800 grand at 200 bucks a year with no interest. Updike has actually upped his payments, actually, in recent years. As of September of 2014, four years in, he'd only paid 99 bucks of the total. So he's stepping it up, but he's still getting nowhere close. I have no idea how much this shithole can make per year, but guess what? They should take almost all of it. You don't kill beautiful massive trees like that in just a petulant, childish fit of anger or uh, put it back in jail either way, I would have hung him from one of those tumors oak limbs and I know that sounds harsh but I love trees I love trees, I love big oaks and that was bullshit he would have been a special jail jail candidate he did 6 months, not 2 months so even still, Harvey Updike, find your wallet asshole, and start making those payments I don't care if it's 5 bucks a week Hey. That'll do it for us today. Speaking of 5 bucks a week. How about 5 bucks a month? Everyone's got that, right? Subscribe, then you'll get Zabe casts on Fridays including the upcoming football 5 Ways Friday. I can't wait to get started. We are just 2 weeks away. It's going to be another smash bang year on Fridays. Do join us. And I appreciate all the support. Thanks for listening. Good to have Andy back and alive. Have a good Wednesday and we will see you next time.
0: SheFit, we're so over beach bodies and getting bikini ready. You should be empowered to wear anything you want, except a bad sports bra. You deserve better. You deserve a bra with fit and support like no other. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually performs, fully adjustable to fit your body with 50% less bounce than the Nike Pro. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022.